0: giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase clutch athletics at newbalance.com what's up everybody welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports NFL Podcast. I'm Robert and I'm your host, joined by Brady Quinn and Legend News of Boss and Tuesdays with Brady. <laughs> Uh, I have bad hair, and it's freezing in, in my parents' house where I currently am right now. Uh, I've been wearing this toboggan the whole way on the road home, so I'm probably just going to keep wearing it. No. Although <laughs> I'm very near um, some some bayish windows, which may create uh, a little a little heat. But uh, it's the temperature. The temperature dropped. No lie, guys. Um, on let's see, today's Wednesday, so on. <gasps> Tuesday on Monday, it was 83 degrees in Raleigh yeah. or in North Carolina, and now it's in the in the 40s. Pretty
1: awesome.
2: Oh, wow, that's actually a big drop off, though.
0: Yeah, what do you think? Yeah. I was gonna say, Brady, like 10 degrees.
1: Yeah, I was, thought, I thought maybe 98 bad. degrees and rising after that big win over Clemson this past week for NC State. Yeah, baby, Boom. yeah, love it. Um, yeah.
0: first,
1: first, time all Clemson,
0: first time Clemson's lost back to back games since 2000 in, in the same season since 2011. Which yeah. is crazy. Uh, Dabo Sweeney is saying that maybe, like, it's, it's Dabo's like in his in his feels right now. Uh, he's saying like, like, and I love that we got him there. He's like, he's like, maybe, maybe fans need this. Maybe they need to lose some games. A little entitled. It's like, it's like, uh, you know what? Jesus had some hardships too, Dabo. Okay, yeah. like, why don't you settle down, pal?
2: <laughs> Brady, what, what do you um, think about my guy from Spartanburg on on his radio show? Oh, no, Tyler. <laughs> what do he no, say? Tyler I mean, Spartanburg. I, I, I
1: will say this, like. In defense of of Dabo, I do think for whatever reason, man, young people are so much more apt to, like, just say whatever to older people. and they're entitled. (laughs) I'm not going to go as far as saying that, but I will say, like, there's not as much respect. And it's troubling to me only because um, I've got a good buddy, Jeremy Bloom, and he tells me a story about how he started his foundation called Wish of a Lifetime. And what they do is they grant a lot of wishes to older, you know, elderly folk who are in a position where, you know, they, they need that sort of support. It's a great organization, but he talked about how, when one time he, I think he was over in Japan and he was riding a bus. And when an elderly woman got up on the bus, everyone stood up, everyone stood up and gave up their seat to the elderly person Hmm. because that was that sign of respect. He said, and that's how their culture operates. And I think it's weird because like, we don't have that in this country right now. It's like, people do not listen to those who are older than them who have experienced more and kind of have that wisdom. And it's sad because like, as I grow older and I listen to my kids talk back, I'm like, look, daddy's already been where you're at. Right. Like yeah. my seven year old, I'm like, I-, I can force it. Like, I always tell her, I'm like, my magic trick is I can tell her the future because I can tell you exactly <laughs> what it's going to be like. Right. Mm-hmm. And I can tell okay. you like, when you don't do your homework, what's going to happen, what the teacher's going to say. I can tell all you that. So I, I, I do hate that part of it where it happens to be a younger person who Dabo goes after, uh, but it's, it's too it's, it's It's like, look, they've had an unbelievable run and I think there is something about college football. Only one team wins it of 133. You should yeah. appreciate like what they've built, what they've done. They won two national championships, what, seven years, whatever it's been. But there's also another side of the conversation where like, if you want to be real about where Clemson's at, they haven't bought into NIL and the transfer portal. Mm. And if that's the case, then like you might get, it might be harder than for you to compete with the other teams that are taking advantage of what's out there right now. So I I think all those things can be true, and we don't need to, like, dive too deep into, like, what was said exactly on the
0: call. So so just – and this is belated. I feel bad I didn't text you. Um, Happy birthday, Brady. Uh, you turn to thirty nine over uh, the weekend. Yeah, I'm, and, I'm getting old
1: enough for you don't like talking. Hey, yeah. happy birthday! Well I, I
0: mean, well, I was just I was just hearing you talk, and I was like, this sounds like a man who's like just realized he's like <laughs> he's got one year until he turns forty. And I checked your Wikipedia page, and yes, yeah, sure enough. Yeah, um, yeah. uh But so, sorry for missing your birthday, man. I hope you had a good one. Um that was what Kansas freezing my butt off,
1: is what we were doing. Although it was a great game. Great say, a heck of a game, game though. Heck of <laughs> a game, man. Heck of a game. So, um, it's fun. So we games- see students throw a goalpost into a lake <laughs> like, this it. Is awesome. You love this it. Is, it's that's awesome. what makes it great.
0: Uh well, my buddy, my buddy Josh, uh, his older brother Rich, who was who I, I grew up with at high point, and he went to NC State. When we beat Florida State when he was uh, I don't think I was at school yet, but it was like 97 or 98. And the students tore down the goalpost in, in in Raleigh, and there's a photo of like on the home page. It was like the like the literal front page of the News and Observer, and it's like this. It's the goalpost being carried off, and Rich is riding riding the goalpost out of Carter <laughs> Finley Stadium. Like how great! Like he's like sitting on top
1: of it, like throwing up the wolf. To the pops. Uh, like imagine like
0: your parents pick up the paper, and they're like, "Let's see how the team did." That like, is, hey, that, son. That, that, that,
1: that is one of the better signs to like college football. Yeah, like, for we're, sure. In Austin we're this week. Pack. Hook him. Hook him. <laughs> But like for the wolf pack like that's one of the cooler
0: yeah. ones yeah and you can't really do the upside down like wolf either you know like you can with the the, That'd the be weird be like ah, it's yes uh dude yeah, you can't, you can't <laughs> spider. you're can't. spider-man yeah, it's yeah. about. <laughs> richard richard matcha uh dudes you mentioned that uh dave doran nc state's coach uh threw some shade Ooh. and uh and, and like i think this is interesting just from a like he's doing this post-game interview with the cw which is apparently where the uh, crappy ACC games go to live and they actually do a pretty good job they got a pylon cam um some some cooler stuff it's, it's better than the ACC network but he he's before, doing you, before
2: put- you go further well brady what do you think about like the the, the color analyst the play by play the the sideline reporter like they're dressed down look how, how what do you think about that uh i haven't really seen it as
1: much i mean i'll, I'll say this much when it gets cold out like I'm okay with people just being warm enough to be able to operate. All right. We were, yeah. it was like 37 and, and rainy and cold, windy as heck. in Lawrence. So I was like, man, fashion goes to the wayside at that point. You got to be able to talk. <laughs> people don't realize yeah. like when you get cold like that, you're like, you can't talk. Like it, it gets right. hard to get your, your chest hurts. Out. I don't know about that, but it's just, you're, you're like, whole oh, like mouth freezes up and you're sitting there yeah. like trying to. Trying to get something out, and your producer's like, "Man, what, are you all right?
2: <laughs> no, you, you're like, I'm What's cold. With you? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> uh,
1: uh, yeah. So they, they
2: they wear like polos like during the broadcast.
1: I, you know, like I said, that's on the network to decide. Like I, it's yeah. football. You know, I don't. I don't know that people are always looking at everyone to be all like dapper if they don't want to be. Do you guys want to go out there and stunt? Stunt if not, you know
0: who's the who's the who does? Is it is it Verducci? Isn't that Verducci? Um... Who's the Who's the sideline for the big noon with Gus and and Clat?
1: George Jenny Taff.
0: Ah, uh, Jenny Taff. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't. I don't mind. I don't mind the. I don't mind the polos on the sideline. Like, like I. I just know, like, if you if 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 I was doing sideline stuff and you sent me down to, like Miami, and and like in like all, in like October and they're like you got to wear a suit, Brinson. I'd be like, you, you really don't want me to. it's it's gonna be a a touch sweaty like like i'm gonna be poor i mean yeah i just think that's like a that's a tough spot to be in so what made you what made you bring that up lache
2: i don't know because uh well like brenton right we were trying to find a game and then realized it was on the cw when we are watching the clemson nc state game and then they they you know they had a shot where the the play-by-play and color guy were up there and i was like hold on they're in polos because yeah. that's just so foreign to us in this business. Like, right? you call games, I call games. You always dress to the nine, right, because you're on camera. And then even the sideline reporter, even if they don't have a suit on, least usually have a button-up shirt, right? They'll maybe roll up their sleeves or something like that. Yeah. So I just wanted to get your perspective on that.
0: Huh. Uh, by, by the way, one of the things on the CW, too, and we'll we'll get to some some NFL topics in a second, but I just yeah. thought this was funny, is, like, the first game I watched, I can't remember if it was – I think it was a state game – I can't remember exactly which one, but the announcer was like, he's like, and now it's like coming up this Saturday on the CW, another thrilling episode of F-Boy Island. He's like, I can't believe I have to do this read. He's like, I'm a professional football announcer and I'm, read- I'm, I'm doing reads Dude, on
1: F- F-Boy I Island. CW, man. <laughs> I will, no, that happens on a lot of other networks too. Because like you get that on CBS and Fox sometimes. Too. Oh the yeah. The reality is. When you are a color analyst, that's probably the best thing is you don't have to read promos. At least usually you don't have to. Yeah. Because some of that stuff, like, it could lead to whatever conversation. You're probably yeah. not, especially in football season, watching anything other than film. So. Well, they, well, they,
0: they did, then this, uh, during the state game, there was one where it was like, he's like, and now it's like Schaefer's Cottage. I love this story about this. And the, the other guy goes, it's a lot better than F-Boy Island, that's for sure.
2: <laughs> <laughs> At least they have right. points to talk about if the game isn't good throughout the game.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just I was like dying of this poor guy to read F Boy Island. Um, okay, so let's get to uh, we'll get to the headlines. Josh McDaniels. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been fired for like twelve hours, twelve like thirteen hours so far. He got fired at one a.m. Eastern time, 10, 10 p.m. plus. Uh, uh, I guess. or no, I guess it'd be eleven p.m. Uh, Vegas time, right?
1: Sure. No, l- l- let's 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 make sure we get the time zones right. Yeah. I-,
0: I don't know, man. I mean, I'm imagining that like around eleven p. Like. D- don't you think he was, like, probably do, did, like, a bunch of stuff with the, the kids and the in the candy, and then, like, all of a sudden, he's no, like, you need to come he was,
1: in? he was probably game planning, like what, what <laughs> probably happened. And right, right. That's the big game planning day. So yeah. he was probably game planning all day, and they might have had a short second where they did something with the kids or whatever, and then they was back into their game planning. So that's that's probably how he found out. Tried and uh, he
0: the first coach in NFL history to be fired in – the in before twice before the end of his second season, yeah, which yeah, is correct. just crazy. Um, yeah. eight and eight, his first year with the Broncos, three and nine, then was fired. I remember, I remember, um, that was, I think it was the same year Randy Moss was traded to the Titans. It was like a crazy, uh, little stretch there. Um, then in last year, of course, with the Raiders, started really slow, uh, came back and finished six and 11. Not a great year, but I mean, this roster is pretty crappy. And then three and five, and they were three and three. And he gets fired by Mark Davis um, the day after a, an embarrassing Monday Night Football loss in Detroit to, to the, the Lions. Um, I'm curious what you guys think here. I mean, like, I get it. You're in the team. You can do what you want. And, and Dave Ziegler, the GM, fired as well. But it's like, man, that is a short, short
1: leash. Yeah, especially for a, an owner who just had to fire John Gruden, who had a mm. 10-year deal now. I'm sure there's enough maybe they were able to get out from underneath the, the money. They settled were or something, yeah. Settled yeah, yeah. because of cause and all that. But the, the reality is this was a six-year deal. He still has four full years left on his Correct. contract. And so uh, it's just I, – I think it would be hard whoever the next guy is to think that Mark Davis is going to be patient with you only because of how this all went. Now, granted, I, I don't know where else you could really point. I mean, their offense has been the issue – it, 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 this was Jimmy Garoppolo who they wanted to bring in after they moved on from Derek Carr and clearly took a step back um, with Jimmy Garoppolo in that system, which is shocking or even surprising considering yeah. Garoppolo and healthy has been good. And on top of it, he, he knows that system, right? He was with Josh McDaniels in New England. So, there, I mean, I'm not really sure what other move you had to make other than you can bench Garoppolo and go with O'Connell, but I, I can't think that that's I'm really bait- going to be – they, they
3: did, did that. They did, they did,
1: they did, they did that <laughs> today. they did that though. And what I'm saying is maybe Josh McDaniels is like, I'm not gonna do that. If you're gonna do that, just fire me now. Maybe that was the con I, you know it's it's tough to know, but if you're calling cards offense, your offense is really the thing that's been holding this team back right now, and it's not personnel because they have studs, it's the fact that they're just not scoring points, and it's it's hard to draw your finger to what it is. The tough thing is, is like you usually only get two shots to be a head coach, and Josh McDaniels was patient after 10 years. Uh, after the first uh, time being a head coach in Denver. And you got to remember too, what happened in Denver was really fascinating because he started off six and zero. he finishes two and eight the rest of that season, that first yeah. year and the, how they finished. Cause remember they were like on the cover of sports illustrated after they beat, uh, New England in Denver that year. They had to throw back in overtime. Time. He's
0: and he's in a midfield. He's like dancing in the belly. He's like, Oh, hey, Bill. Sorry. Yeah. Like, like- they
1: were on top of the world. And we played against them when I was in Cleveland that year. And I remember being like, Dude, these guys might, you know, end up going on the playoffs and making a run. Like they, their defense was ridiculous. Their offense was hard to stop. Well, then they kind of go two and eight down the stretch. The next year, you get off to a slow start. They drafted Tebow. I was there as a part of that group. And you could feel like there was such a pressure to play Tebow, even though Orton was putting up ridiculous stats in that offense that year. And then there was the Spygate 2 thing that happened, which ultimately led to his (laughs) demise there. So that was, you know, he was patient waiting for that next opportunity. There's obviously the whole Colts debacle, what did or didn't happen there. And this was that next chance that he had. And he was able to bring in a general manager that he goes way back to his days in New England, maybe even JCU. I think John Carroll as well. Maybe they're they're, they're there together. But I think the general point is like, this was the perfect setup. I would have thought, for him to be able to have a shot, implement the system he wants second time around and succeed. And now that it hasn't worked out, it's like, where do you go now? I mean, obviously he's made a ton of money and he doesn't probably need to work the rest another day, the rest of his life, but coaches and players are wired like that. Like they want to get back into something and be competitive. Like I wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't take an OC job somewhere else to move on and keep coaching. So it's, it's just a, it's, it's crazy that to me this happened so quickly there, but but I understand it because ultimately there was, You can't point to the defense. Defense has been playing great. It's kept a ball. Yeah, it's been the offense, LeJay.
2: Yeah, and if you look at this in totality, Brady, you can speak to this. I believe some guys are just good coordinators and not head coaches. I think Josh McDaniels fits in that realm. And if you look at what the Raiders were before he got there in 2021 with Rich Passaccia, a guy that galvanized his team, dealing with everything you talked about with John Gruden, who ultimately had to tentatively resign, right? Then they had to deal with Henry Ruggs, Damon Arnett. And yet, Rich Passaccia galvanized that team with the talent. And and Brady, you would probably say this, right? The talent they currently have is better than the talent they had in 2021. And they made the playoffs that year at 10 and 7. So you think about this, Derek Carr is there, right? Devontae Adams comes over to play with Derek Carr. And then you bench Derek Carr, right? Now, Devontae Adams is stuck there. You're not using him believe he had one catch for 11 yards. This is probably a future Hall of Famer. Um, And then you talked about, you know, whether the front office came down to him and said, you know, Garoppolo's not getting it done. This guy has nine interceptions. He's only played in six games. He leads the league in, in turnover and in interceptions and hasn't even played the whole season. Did they say, you, know, you need to play Aiden O'Connell? And he was like, well, I'm not going to do that. Where if you look at Aiden O'Connell, when he played with Devontae Adams, Devontae Adams had 13 targets and eight catches that game. So I think it was a, a situation, like you said, Brady, Monday Night Football, the whole nation watching it. And as an owner, you're like, we can't be the embarrassment of the league. Like, I cannot yeah. let this keep going forward, even if I got to pay this guy for four more years. And that was the question, right? A lot of people, there's rumors that maybe Mark Davis is strapped for some cash and that with that six-year deal that, you know, McDaniels was going to survive this just because he had four yeah. more years, like you talked about, Brady. So. I think he just didn't want to compound a mistake he's already made. I think if he can redo it, he probably does hire Rich Basaccia. I think too many owners get caught up in, I need an offensive guru. Brady, you know this. First and foremost, you need a leader of men. You need a coach that the the players respect. The, The players will galvanize and play for, right, at the end of the day. You can find somebody on the X's and O's side on offensive defense, but if those guys in that locker room can't rely on that head coach, if that coach can't make decisions in adverse situations that don't cripple the team then none of that matters it doesn't matter how good he is schematic wise right you got to have a guy that's leader of, leader of men and that players are willing to play for that coach
0: right? I think I think it's interesting too so if you look at sort of the totality of all the moves that they made and and you look at the the guys in the locker room last night who were talking like Devontae Adams um I, I was reading I think Paul Gutierrez of ESPN said that he was like Adams was like on a loss for words, and usually he's like very loquacious post game, um, or excuse me, on Monday night, and they, they go out and they trade for Devonte Adams for two first round picks, and, and and to pair him back with Derek Carr, who played, who he played in college with. And then they signed Derek Carter an extension and then they release Derek Carr and Derek Carr is like leaves the team. And, you know, there's some bad blood there, whatever it is. They bring in Jimmy G. Um, there's the foot issue with Jimmy G where they sign him to a contract extension and find out his, he's like, foot's broken. And they have to sort of, you know, that's kind of a mess. They trade, they signed a Taylor Jones to a huge deal. And he not only has one bad season, but then has this really weird all field stuff Um you know, Jacoby myers i think has been really good like he, i keep don't yeah. know, that's that's, that's really a, yeah i mean you know that's certainly not something that anybody would uh lament lament them from signing but like you know the draft picks I, to me I, I don't think like if i'm them i'm saying look i understand we only have you know uh they only have one first round pick that they've made because they traded you know they traded the picks for devonte adams and then um uh they got the uh god what's it. uh I can't, I, all I can think of is Trayvon Walker, but the Texas Tech edge rusher at seven. Um, uh, Wilson. Ty, uh, Tyree
2: Wilson. Tyree yeah, Wilson. Yeah, Tyree Wilson.
0: Sorry, I completely blanked on his name. Trayvon Walker, TW, though. Okay, so I was actually not that close. <laughs> uh, but anyway, like, they got him as a first-round pick. He hadn't been very good this year at all. Um, and But I'd be like – I would, and then Josh Jacobs, who uh, was apparently just in a pissy mood on Monday night. Jacobs, I mean – I mean, look, Josh Jacobs, friend of the podcast, right? Uh, I can tell you that Josh Jacobs, um, and I think anybody would tell you that Josh Jacobs you know, has some beef with the the current regime, with the way they handled the, uh, the franchise tag originally, the way they handled his fifth year option, running him in the preseason, all of that stuff. Um, you know, and he hadn't been as good this year. He would have made a lot more money on the open market last year than he will this year. There's just a lot of pieces that, like, everybody's kind of in just sour, right. And, But I would point back and be like, dude, you can fire me, but I want you to go and read Mike Mayock and John Gruden's draft pick history and tell me how like this is all my fault. And that sort of like comes back to job selection. Yes, you thought he was gonna get patience because of six years. But then Brady, it's like I mean, it is the NFL, and you just don't know how these owners are gonna
1: react. No, you don't. I mean, and and I think one of the things that's a misconception about Mark Davis is because he inherited the team and this is his, his business and livelihood. People think that he's cash strapped. I mean, he's been able to make a pretty penny, I think, during his time in Las Vegas. So I believe they have one of the highest ticket prices on average of any yeah. team in the NFL. So <clears throat> despite the fact that you had relocation fees and obviously building the stadium and everything else that comes along with that, he's still you know able to make a, a decent amount of money from this. And I'm sure he was able to go back and talk to some of the folks in the front office and say, what does this look like if we want to move on from him? You know, uh, because they're not going to be able to fire him with cause. But if they settle with Gruden for much less than what was originally thought they owed, and we, given how much these owners are making now, uh, maybe it's not that bad of a financial situation. I want to go back to something LeJay talked about though with Rich Pasacha because I'm in agreement. Like I think they just overthought the whole situation, yeah. and you know they wanted to go with a guy who they thought you know had a plan and knew his general manager wanted to be and Ziegler and the relationship there and have those two work together. I think the tough thing, though, about hiring a special teams coordinator as your head coach is, at least from an owner's perspective, like you—you you always are going to have to battle the fact that every other year, if you have really good coordinators, they're going to be hired as head coaches. You're going to lose them, yeah. And <laughs> so, so you've got to be like that's one thing that when you hire a guy who's on offensive or defensive mind, you've got stability. That's that cornerstone of the team where that side of the ball is going to be locked down. Even, even if you at one point give up the play calling duties to another OC you could always revert back to taking that over if you lose a guy to a head coaching job. So that is one of the struggles that I think that, you know, you see with a lot of special teams, uh, head coaching candidates getting jobs because of that concern. And you end up, you know, people fall in love with the hot defense coordinator or offensive coordinator candidate uh, because of that, you know, there tends to be a little bit more stability in the staff for that reason. So uh, it's look, Mark Davis makes the decision. Now he's the first in line, right. To go find the, the net, the best of the crop of head coaches, um, if I'm not mistaken too, I, I think the process to get Josh it's changed that, now, like, they got to
2: wait. Yeah. <laughs>
1: well, they have to wait, but I think also it didn't take a while for them to end up identifying Josh McDaniels as the guy. I mean, and part of that due to with the fact that had coached him to eight and eight, I think they still had some, some playoff hopes and all that. So it wasn't like, you know, you were going to you know move on to, at that point anyway, but Correct. Um, I, I I obviously, you know, it, it's going to be a little different this time around given that the patience he has to have, but it does give them the first crack of any team that's one of them moves on from their coach to look at some of the best candidates and sell Las Vegas and and I guess the appearance of stability uh, or, or a longer leash. <laughs> what uh,
0: what do we think, dudes, about uh Antonio Pierce? I mean, this yeah. is a guy that uh, I mean he he is he was playing in the NFL in two thousand nine. So I mean he's he's been coaching for a while, but he went he basically started coaching at Long Beach uh, Poly High School as a head coach. Then yeah. He was up to Arizona State for a while, which is his uh, – oh, no, he went to Arizona, actually. He uh, was there until 2022, and then he became the linebacker's coach, and now he's an interim head coach. Very Dan Campbell-like track.
2: Yeah, I love AP, man. I, I had the pleasure of being teammates with him my rookie year, and the great thing about him, right, he was on undrafted free agent, and Brady, you know this about him. This guy had to you know, scratch and claw for everything he got in the NFL, the respect that he got – To this day, still the smartest player I've ever played with. Uh, I always remember what he told me my rookie year. We were just in, you know, in the hot box. You know how it is. Brady, after practice, everybody gets in the sweat box, just, you know, chilling, just talking about life. He was like, dudes, I see you working, man. Uh, Keep putting, He said, keep grinding away. He said, one thing you should do, though. He was like, learn every defensive spot, right, on the (laughs) defensive line, then move to the linebackers then move to the safeties. Because if you know what everybody else is doing, you know when you can take chances and and when you can't take chances. And like nobody had ever broke that down to me like that. And that's how he was able to stay in the league. Because if you look at him, right, he didn't look like the prototypical linebacker. He didn't have the body size of the prototypical linebacker, but he could outthink you on the field. He knew exactly where he needed to be every single play. So when you look at him, taking over as head coach, Brady, you know, this most defensive guys. They want to be physical. They want to run the football, right? Yeah. Now that probably doesn't bode well for Devontae Adams, but if Aiden O'Connell is going to be the quarterback, you're going to have to get the run game going because you have a young quarterback. Now they will play action pass and take some shots with Devontae Adams, but he wants to keep the score close. That way they have an opportunity to win games at the end. He's, one of, he's going to want to coach a smart, tough football team, and that's how he was bred. So I think this could be a situation – If they turn it around, I'm not saying they're going to have a Rich Basaccia turnaround, but if they potentially win eight games or nine games, I think he will be in the running to be the future coach for the Las Vegas Raiders.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, I mean, how how the locker room responds. I mean, one thing I can tell you is I feel like they're going to respond in a resounding way because he's going to be a player's coach. I mean, he was in line to be the Arizona State head coach um, before that, you know, the whole uh, issue happened with recruiting violations over the COVID period, but – um he's got that sort of quality about him where I think he can help unite guys um you know help uh lead 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 young men which is really what you're ultimately looking for I mean you said that kind of earlier in regards to Rich Passaccia and the kind of leader of men he was that's what I think like this team needs like this team is a team that they've got talent they've got the ability their defense has played well they have studs on offense it's just about figuring a way of putting it all together and getting this team to play some inspired football and, and making some plays here and there like it's a week-to-week business in the nfl it really yeah. is and a win this week and a win the next week like changes everything as far as how players feel and how they're operating so i really think these players can rally around him and he's going to have such a different feel within that locker room than maybe how it was with joshua daniels who no matter what he said on the way in trying to make it feel different than New England, but it felt like, again, it was just another version of like a New England coach who left there. And that is a very kind of corporate sterile feel. I mean, oh. I, I, I've i played for so many that I got to tell you, one of the craziest things was like going to a locker room led by Pete Carroll and seeing how he operated and going, oh my God, this is like entirely different. Like teams yeah. do this, like this is how it can be. And you're going, damn, this is fun. And I think this will be fun again for a lot of the players in the locker room because Mm -hmm. of the kind of leader like Antonio Pierce is. Uh, Bo Hardigree takes over as their uh, offensive coordinator. He's got roots uh, back to to Adam Gase. and um, I would say this, like this offense will be prepared. There will be a matchup thing schematically, uh, and and I think they're going to take some shots and chances. But, like, watch how it may not be the quantity of targets that Devontae Adams gets, although I would say this. it will. if they're going to throw the ball 25 times, I bet Adams is the number one read on 22 of them. Like I'll put it that sure. way. So so <laughs> like, like he'll find ways of getting him those targets and touches. Uh that doesn't mean that you know defense doesn't take him away or something doesn't happen that, that doesn't allow the ball to go there. But like he still will get his fair share of, of opportunities, I think, along with Jacoby Myers, uh and, and even the tight ends, you know, as part of that. So I, I you know he's Bo Hardwick, He's 39 years old. Uh, he's prepared for this moment. I, I'm, this is one of the more fascinating like teams to watch moving forward because they're not that far out of things in the AFC. No one is, yeah. and like they're a team that like isn't that far away from turning things around, in my opinion.
0: Interesting, spicy. All right, we got to take a break. I got a quick hot take. I'll give you, and then we'll take a break. Um, Mark Davis won the WNBA title with the Las Vegas Aces. He was dancing he on the floor. I think he's like, what the hell. I can win at the WNBA. I can win in the NFL. <laughs> I don't need this. <laughs> All right, back we're gonna to take back a break. To <laughs> yeah. That's right, back to back titles. When
4: we come back, some trade grades and midseason awards. Next. Robert Half research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half.
3: Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Podcast. all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. shopify.com slash Podcast.
0: All right, we've got a whole uh, trade deadline recap show up. So I, w- I want to try and uh, squeeze in uh, both some trade deadline talk annuals, uh you know, just talk mid-season awards and sort of where we're at, uh, resetting that, uh, that whole market or that whole, you know, Evaluation on the trade deadlines. I'm curious, Deuce, what's uh, if you had to pick one, what was your favorite trade from? Uh, and it doesn't have to be on the day of the deadline. I think it could be. Okay. I was going to ask
2: that. Okay. Yeah, yeah,
0: no, no. Cause the NFL, like it gets, you get out so far in front of them. It's not like the NBA, right? I mean, like if you, if you wanted to go chase Claypool, we'd allow it. I would hope you would not. Uh-
2: <laughs> <laughs> nah, not going there. Uh Interesting one for me. This is a team that I had going to the NFC championship game. If you follow us on social media, uh, our guy Ruben does an amazing job. And a lot of people looked at me crazy when I said it, Brady. The Seattle Seahawks, I have them going to the NFC Championship game. And this is before this season even started. I think that trade with Leonard Williams was them hedging their bets, right? They they realized that they have an opportunity with the team currently constructed that they could maybe dethrone the 49ers and make a run in the NFC Championship game. And I love what they did because they already refortified that defensive line this offseason when they brought in Draymond Jones, brought Jaron Reed back. Now you're bringing a guy like... Big cat Leonard Williams, right? You get that nice three-man rotation in the interior. And Draymond Jones and Leonard Williams have the ability to kick outside too. But let's not forget they lost Luchina Nuwosu already, right? So Daryl Tapp on the outside, right? Um, he's going to be able to get one-on-one opportunities now that you got these guys in, in the interior defensive line being able to get after the quarterback. So I really love what the Seattle Seahawks did. I think close second obviously was. The 49ers being petty, seeing that, the, the, you know, the Seattle Seahawks yeah. move. Let's go get Chase Young. I felt like it was kind of like Thanos in the Infinity Stone, right? That was like the fifth stone going <laughs> into the glove. Like, you got Nick Bosa on one side, Chase Young. Let's not forget, you won the offseason in free agency when you got Javon Hargrave at D tackle, and you pair him with Eric Armstead. Like, that sure. defense has struggled the last two weeks. I can see them turning it around with Chase Young at, at edge.
1: Yeah, I think in regards to like moves that are going to be, you know, most helpful in a team potentially like making a Super Bowl run, it has to be the Chase Young one. And by the way, like San Francisco gets him for a third round pick as opposed to the Bears who paid a second round pick for Montez Sweat. Granted, Sweat's got what a a sack and a half more, I believe, this year so far. Chase Young's three years younger, though. True, and but they're both facing what could be a you know next year might be a tag. Uh, and there's some injury concerns there. But that being said, like Nick Bosa across from Chase Young, take it back to their college days. Right. Like, <laughs> my God. And, and look, they're on a three-game skid. I don't know this was so much reactionary to what happened within the division and the Leonard Williams play as it is just looking at their defense right now. They're having a hard time matching up in the outside. The Unless you can find a cornerback <laughs> or a team that's willing to deal a cornerback, yeah. uh, which is hard to do because anyone that can match up, they're like, we're not getting rid of that guy, especially right. for a third-round pick. But you can go get a guy who can rush the passer and hit the quarterback before the ball ever gets out. And that's sure. been the formula for San Francisco in recent years. So that's gotta be the favorite as far as how it could impact potentially what happens at the very end of the season.
0: Yeah, I think I think both of those are the correct answers. And and the Chase Young thing is really interesting yeah. too because um Chase Young is in line to get paid if he mm-hmm. he's been having a good year so far. You know, injuries really have year. messed him up and um and there was some talk about like his you know, just sort of his locker room motivational type of stuff. You know, the, the does he love football sort of chatter. I think you get like Brady says. You get him out there with Nick Bosa. You put him on like he's not going to see a single. He's not going to see any okay. double teams. Like I mean, let him lose one
1: more. Yeah, can I throw in one more for consideration? I love the fact though that the Vikings basically got Josh Dobbs for nothing. Yeah, and technically, Josh Dobbs a seventh round pick. They, they really actually just Ooh. swapped yeah.
0: Josh Dobbs for Ezra Cleveland, right? Because they went well, six
1: and, in a six out. And, yeah. And a seventh round pick. Yeah. Um, so I look at that and just say, like, for a team that, you know, when you're looking around and you're four and four, you're two and out the division, you're trying to stay competitive in the playoff hunt, like they found a guy who I think had made Arizona competitive. And and Pete is bashing him because he's played poorly the past four games. But yeah. say what you want, dude. Like he's kept that team competitive. And he's I think when right. Justin Jefferson comes back, they have more weapons in Minnesota for him to work with. Yeah. I think he works in that system. I think he'll pick it up quick. I know he's not starting this week, but I just I, I liked that move for Minnesota as far as like not sitting on your hands and saying, "Well, we lost a guy who's playing at MVP level. What are we going to do?" Which we'll look the next year, they're like, "No, we're not dealing to Neil Hunter. We're not dealing with any other players that were speculated about. We're going to go find a guy we feel like is, is smart, he's tough, he's competitive. Will come in here and give us a shot at still making the playoffs." So I, I give a lot of credit to Quissey and, and Kevin O'Connell and those guys for for doing. Uh, what they did because they they could have done nothing and they decided not to and they made some things happen. Like I said, it basically is like a wash. They actually, I guess, yeah. met up Yeah, I yeah,
2: yeah. just want to ask Brady a quick question. As far as a quarterback, just want to go into your mindset. How difficult is it to learn three offenses in one year? And I know this kid's smart because he was like, yeah. what is aerospace he like?" Engineer. Aerospace engineer. Yeah. yeah.
1: So it's it's incredibly difficult, but there is this part of the conversation is I think it's the seventh team in his career so far. Once you move around enough, you're just like, all right, football's football. And so it actually sometimes gets easier when you don't have to learn the entire playbook and you just learn the game plan for that week. Like you're always living with blinders on anyway during the course of the season, because each week's always going to be different the way you go about game planning that it's actually sometimes easier just learning that. So I don't have to learn all the other BS that we learn in camp. That we're never gonna run, or that never comes about, sure. right? And football's football, so you might call something different, and that might be a little bit more difficult. But um, I, I give him the every opportunity because we've already seen him do it with Arizona, so I think he can do it with Minnesota. Because I think, I mean, it's gonna be a different system for him, but I think it's much more like quarterback friendly for uh, what he's trying to do. I mean, I think KOC will do a good job diagramming di- things up for him.
0: Um, really quickly, one word answer on the Bears giving up a second round pick with a second year in a row to acquire a veteran player who's at the end of his
1: contract extension. They better, they better be signed for an extension.
2: Uh, that's a good one. You would think automatically extensions happening. That's the only way that makes sense.
1: Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean,
0: it's it better because uh, I've heard, I, I don't just mind a,
2: the trade though. I don't mind it.
0: I've heard, I've heard people on both sides of it. I don't love it. Just, but I mean, like I, it, the Chase Claypool thing, certainly uh, lingering there. All right, let's talk about some mid season awards. We're eight games in. Brady, offensive rookie of the year, first half so far. CJ Shroud.
1: With? I think CJ Shroud. I think he's played at the highest level of any of the rookie quarterbacks so far. And I don't even. I mean, I guess you could throw a Bijan in there, but he's he's you know been mm. more quiet of late. He struggled the last gonna, couple tr- games. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think it has to be CJ Shroud.
0: Um, I I don't have a problem with that. The current uh, market. For offensive rookie year, CJ Stroud is minus 140. Puka Nakua, four to one. Jameer Gibbs, Ooh, 12 to one. one yeah. yeah, Jordan Addison, 14 to one. And Bijan, 16. Will Levis at 30 to one is a little spicy, too. If he just got, <laughs> he well, just
1: especially did, if, yeah, I mean, we're, if we're saying up to this point, right? Like, up no, to no, this yeah, year, yeah, I, I mean,
0: I mean, I meant from a betting perspective. Yeah, I mean, yes, I don't, shit. I wouldn't be opposed to betting CJ Stroud at minus 140 because I think the Texans are a good team and they'll keep winning games. But I mean, yeah. um, any, any, uh, would you go CJ Stroud as well, Deuce?
2: Oh C.J. Stroud, without okay. a doubt, I would. I, I like the Puka Nakua. One uh, thing is now the Rams have kind of you know trailed off the last couple of weeks. We'll see where they go in the future. I thought after they beat Seattle Week One and they were competitive throughout the first four or five weeks, I'm like maybe this team could make a run at the playoffs. But you know how it is, Brady. Right? At the end of the day, you still need talent on your team, and I think they're talent right. deficient. As far as you know, having the main players on their team to make a run, so uh, uh, what can the has done is out of this world. Um, but if they only win like five games, could he technically still win it? Nah, it be, it's gonna be but, gonna be
0: tough. It could be tough without yeah. Stafford, especially if Stafford banged up. What about a sure. defensive rookie of the year of the first half?
2: <sighs> Stephon, I got head- like the
1: first one that comes to mind.
2: Who are you thinking? Nah, I'm going with my guy who I who I preseason said would win it, Jalen Carter. Oh, he's the favorite right now. I mean, what he's done is ridiculous at the defensive tackle position. He's been unblockable on third down. Um, And then everybody was worried about his effort and all that, but he went to the right team. Howie Roseman did a good job making sure that they dotted all the I's, crossed all the T's. They knew he would be comfortable there, but we've seen him play with elite effort this year, right? He's been unblockable at times. So I would say him and then the close second is what Brady said. Devin Witherspoon would be my, my close second.
1: Yeah, I mean, Carter's banged up a little bit, right? Um, and that was the he, he's start, back was though, saying, but he, he's, he's you know, playing back. Was saying like, I think if you look at uh, Witherspoon, he's kind of. Did you guys
0: did, did you guys look at the odds at all before you made your picks? No, I'm just curious. no. Okay, uh, go uh, no because because well because because Jalen Carter's minus one fifteen at Fanduel and then Devin Witherspoon plus one thirty. So I mean, like you've nailed the like that's <laughs> that is the perception the in the market. Guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and then the next closest is uh, Brian Branch at ten to one. Will Anderson thirteen. Wish- and then man, after that is could, Joey a Porter,
1: pick, Brian Branch. Like I was, I was gonna say, like if the Detroit Lions continue, man, like he's yeah, he, he's after after
0: those after those uh, five guys. Oh no, after those four guys, Witherspoon thirteen to one. Next closest, Joey Porter Jr. sixty to one. So really a condensed race right now. Um, I, I think if I were betting that market, I think Branch and Witherspoon would be the two guys I'd look at, just because Seattle playing so well and Witherspoon has been.
1: Like he, I mean, he's a beast he against the run. The best;
2: have the best record in football, though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's true, true, true. Very fair, very I just, fair.
1: I look at what Witherspoon's done for that secondary. I mean, he's got interception. He's got uh, a couple sacks. He's kind of been, like, all over that defense. Yeah. So yes. It's like he's he's really made a huge impact on a team that I think it's starting to find itself defensively, and obviously the addition of Leonard Williams is only going to help. But um, he, he's, he's just kind of really stood out to me as, like, the most consistent – and honestly, I might even throw like Jalen Carr has been a part of that, too, because he's been so dominant when he, we've seen those plays. But Brian Branch is another one that like you look at that secondary and how much better the Lions are this year. And I know they brought in Cam Sutton, some others, but he's definitely a part of the reason, too. Yep. Yeah, Uh, If you look
2: uh, at Witherspoon, I think and I'll I'll let you go, Brenton, the thing that's astonishing, Brady, is he never played slot corner and they've put him in the slot and he's dominated at the slot. I don't think people understand how hard that is to do if you've actually never played that position because there's so much space to cover in the middle of the field.
0: Uh, All right, Brady, offensive player of the year. I mean, I think this comes down to probably two receivers and a running back that you're choosing between.
1: I mean, A.J. Brown, would be up there, right? With what he's done, like he's the first that comes to mind. Um, not the guy yeah, that has a thousand yards.
4: <laughs> well, I was, I
1: was, well, I was gonna say Tyreek Hill might be up there for MVP. Oh, that's true. So, <laughs>
4: that's,
1: like, I mean, if we're being real, like, I mean, correct, it might be two wide receivers that we see taking that award right now. I mean, I, I would true. say that that's kind of been the splash play, right? Like, yeah, I guess you could put Mahomes up there, but um. Well, we'll get to MVP.
0: So I mean, I think it's yeah. it's you, you're probably picking between Tyree Kill. Tyreek Kill is the favorite right now, plus one forty. And then and you got AJ Christian McCaffrey, Brown. and yeah. then AJ Brown at the top. Oh, well,
2: Christian's in front of AJ. Yeah,
0: AJ Brown's plus seven fifty. I think that's a that's what that's what I, I would sprinkle some money too. on that for sure. Yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> Like eight, almost eight to one for AJ Brown put up this kind of season. McCaffrey at plus 160. Next closest Jamar Chase, 20 to one. Kelsey, 35 to one. Uh, Diggs, 35 to one. I mean, it feels like good luck. Lo- like Kelsey, m- Kelsey
1: might have wanted if Taylor Swift was there for every game.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you think she's going to be it, in
1: Frankfurt? I don't she know. She got been. an international tour right now, right?
0: An international oh. tour, you say? Hey. in <laughs> hey, Germany, shit. buddy. Hey. <laughs> Uh, I don't know where she is right now, but I think, I, let's see, Taylor Swift tour. her. Uh, what about Defensive Player of the Year, Deuce?
2: Yeah, I, I'm going to hedge my bet again. I went Miles Garrett. Uh, that's who I would go with so far this year. And the Browns are playing elite defense. Um, couldn't squeak a, a win away um, with P.J. Walker last week versus Seattle, but what Miles Garrett has done is utterly ridiculous right now again i think josh allen is another guy that could potentially be in at the defensive end not the quarterback he could be in that uh, <laughs> award category as well but right now for me it's it's Miles garrett
3: how about uh,
2: uh
1: I mean, Miles garrett it's kind of like my first go-to but what about dexter lawrence he's been phenomenal as an the interior defensive player, that's dude. the only issue <laughs> i know i know that's a problem. it's like he won't get as much praise but he should yeah. he's been phenomenal
0: Yes, yeah, uh, Michael Parsons, two to one, Miles Garrett, two to one, T.J. Really? Watt, pl- plus 250, and then Aiden Hutchinson at 30 to one. I wouldn't hate sprinkling on a little bit just if he could pick that production back up and he sort of slowed down the last couple of weeks. Mm. Um, by the way, Taylor Swift, for those wondering, uh, doesn't have another international show until uh, Thursday, November 9th. In Buenos Aires, Argentina. Oh, so it's a long way away.
2: That's from a Germany. far ride.
1: <laughs> a long way away from Germany, though.
0: Well, yeah.
1: but well, is it that far? She's got a plane, Brady. Right? Well, she yeah. does, but she's also very conscious about her carbon footprint. Which why is- do you think? Why do you think
0: she? Why do you think she made an appearance at the Jets game because she wanted people yeah. googling Taylor Swift Jets not to see yeah. her carbon footprint? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you can't. Tell,
2: what's it's Wednesday.
0: You can go to Germany and then fly to Argentina. It's lots of Actually, I'm not gonna I'm not, the Chiefs need it. her, man.
2: They would struggled without her. Yeah. <laughs>
0: did you say that's an expensive trip. She's Taylor Swift.
2: <laughs> it's a lot of gas, man. She's
0: She's saying it, man. Just saying, man. Just because you have
1: more money doesn't mean you're always gonna spend it that way. That's, that's true. All
0: right. Um, Brady, do you have anything on uh did you give defensive player the year? I was looking at Taylor Swift dates. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I said like, Miles, Miles Garrett. Okay, you
1: said to I said an interesting one would be Dexter once. Miles Garrett's who yeah. like I picked before the season. Yeah. That's kind of who I'd laid on here. Dexter uh-huh. 100 to one. I know, which like he's been awesome, but like Jay said, it usually goes to a, te- you to have a they're team. They're going to an edge
0: guy for sure. What about hey, uh, co-
2: what about coach of the year?
0: Ooh,
2: um, the, midway. I would say Pete Carroll. Really,
0: Pete Carroll's the All right, so Dan Campbell's a favorite at plus two thirty. Uh, Mike McDaniel we'll at th- three thirty. I Robert mean, Nick Stodd- Son- and the
1: Eagles have the best record, and he's got two new coordinators. It's like that is true. I mean, come so on, so the he nice love.
0: Yeah, so here's mm-hmm. the, the, the coach of the year usually goes to mm-hmm. the coach with the biggest uh, increase over their preseason win total. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Sirianni, because I think they're at like 11 and a half or 12, which just makes it just makes it a little tough to get yeah, it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I get that. Uh, Robert
0: silly. Sala, if the Jets make the playoffs. Oh, he's got to win it.
1: <laughs> right? You would Robert Sala would be up there. What about Kevin O'Connell after the if, start? Yeah, the Vikings if win. If Josh with Dobbs now, now. Like, Jared yeah. Hall and Josh Dobbs. You, like,
0: you get Kevin O'Connell at forty to one. That's a good bet. You bet yeah. Kevin O'Connell forty to one. And it's like the Vikings like win because
1: there's I next mean, four games are easy. And here's the other thing is even though they won thirteen games last year, I think their win loss total during the season was what eight and a half or something. Or yeah, nine. exactly. I mean they're at four now. They're halfway there. Like and now considering the circumstances, now they're probably not going to win the division because they won't catch Detroit. They are two and zero oh in the division though. So I mean I, I guess I, sh- I should say never. So
0: all right. Uh, we what about MVP? Uh, dudes is gonna have to get off, jump off at the. We're gonna hear. We'll do MVP, take a break, and then Brady. I'll talk about Thursday night football. Who's your MVP for the first half?
2: Good dude, gotta be Tua. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right.
1: Okay. To me, it's Tua I, for sure. See, that's the funny thing. Like, I was gonna say, like, I don't know. I mean, Tua. If you say Tua, you have to factor in then Tyreek because he's been. Tyreek, yeah. Shit. I think
2: Tyreek's a close second, and then AJ's
1: so, third. I, you can I would Ty- say Tyreek.
0: Tyreek's fifty to one.
1: Tyreek, and then I'd say Christian McCaffrey, and then <laughs> I'd say Tua. Yeah.
0: Uh, Mahomes is the favorite at plus 270. These are all at FanDuel. Jalen Hurts, three and a half to one. Tua plus 370. Lamar, six to one. Josh Allen, 14. Trevor Lawrence, 18. Joe Burrow, hey. 18.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say so Joe burrow's my preseason pick and I'm sticking by it cuz he I mean the way awesome. he's played lately that might be a great pick. I'm <laughs> telling that's, you right now 18 to 1. 18 to 1's yeah, a good that, bet. A Joe Burrow was win.
0: 6 Joe Burrow was 6 to 1 or 7 to 1 before the season and now 18 to 1 and you can get him like when he's 100% healthy, the Bengals are playing well, they're 4 and 3, like it's that's a good look. For this 4 5 what the and Bengals
2: three. do every year, man.
0: Yep, start slow. Um <laughs> Okay. Uh, Actually, I'll tell you what. We'll take a break
5: and come back. Dudes can say we'll do Thursday Night Football really fast. How about that? We'll do Thursday Night Football next. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands.
4: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: All right, Thursday night, Brady. Battle of two quarterbacks that really, I mean, just waltz them into the Hall of Fame already. Can't yeah, pick it. <laughs>
1: uh well, We're assuming pick? Pickett's there, right? Because he, yeah. he's coming off the rib injury. A rib injury. Yeah. We were talking about this earlier today. Like I used to get mine shot up with Novocaine back when. Mm. I had
0: Novocaine.
1: Yeah, that's what they do to numb it, so you can't feel anything. So which you don't feel anything. It, 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 it does work. It does work. But so, you feel
0: it on Monday. <laughs> I, like my my my, my my
2: my guy Coach Herman said, I don't remember the Titans. Just like Novocaine, give it time. It always yeah, works. It does. <laughs> it works. But
1: every moment after that, you're gonna feel it. Um, I just think this is a tough spot for Will Levis, who was phenomenal in his debut. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. And everything was on display. The arm strength, the ability to throw kind of off-platform are not necessarily a perfect spot, but all, all of what, what Pete Prisco would give a lot of credit because he talked a lot about him, all that was on display. Hopkins seemed, like, renewed and all that. It's just a tough spot. Like, I love the under in this game, but I also cool. think, like, the Steelers, that defense, at home, pick it back. They just take care of the football. Like, they should be able to take care of business. This is that, like, time of the year where the short week
2: at home plays a
1: big advantage in my mind. Yeah, Yeah. do you think – yeah, go go ahead, ahead, Sorry.
0: No, no, no. You Go
2: ahead. I was going to say, just when you look at this game, right, and you look at, you know, Coach Frabel's teams and, you know, prime time and against the spread, he's just one of the best to do it. And this is a tough spot for Will uh, Will Levis. The only thing is, right, Brady, you know this, as teams get more film on you, they can game plan. The good thing is it's a short week, so you don't know how much game planning – Pittsburgh Steelers are going to do against Will Levis, right? We see uh, DeAndre Hopkins field renew. We saw Derrick Henry look renewed in that game, right? Now the rumors of them being traded are gone. Now they can just focus on this season. And I like Pete, I was higher on Will Levis than a lot of people were, right? Because mm. when he was with Liam Cohen, we saw him in a you know NFL-type offense have success. When, he had, when, he, when the guys kept him up, right, he was able to throw down the field. Now he did have some accuracy issues, but I thought that could be corrected at the next level. So... They're going to lean on the run game, Brady. We know this. That's, a, that's a variable team. They're going to lean on the run game. But the one thing that we saw from this Titans office that we hadn't seen was them actually push the ball down the field. And if you look at the Steelers, right, who are they missing in that back end right now? Who's the eraser? Mika Fitzpatrick. Mika Patrick, right? I think yeah. that could be the pivotal point in this game uh, tomorrow.
0: Mm. Uh, all right. Who you got, Brady? Who you taking in this game? By the way, the Lions currently – Lion Curtley's uh, Steelers minus two and a half, minus one fourteen, total of thirty six and a half. I mean, just a real barn burner on Thursday night.
1: <laughs> well, weather well, starting to play a factor in that portion of the country, so for sure. Uh, but both these teams, I think. What'd you know about that? What'd you know about that weather, Florida boy? Yeah, <laughs> but, but, but both these teams, I think, have a hard time scoring here. Uh, yeah. I like the
2: under, but I'll lay the points too with the Pittsburgh Steelers. How about you, Deuce? It's so funny because when we were on here last week, we talked about how the under it hit so much, and then the Saints and Jaguars obliterated <laughs> the over yeah. in the game. Obliterated the over in the game. As I look at this game, I think it will be a low-scoring game. I'm leaning towards Raybro and the Tennessee Titans. Now, it's hard for me to say that you know Coach Tomlin's going to lose two in a row at home. That usually never happens, but I'm leaning to plus two and a half with the Tennessee Titans. Give me the points with the Titans.
0: Spicy, I like it. Okay, it's uh this is not gonna be a high scoring game. Uh yeah. the only way it's like high scoring is if Kenny, Kenny Pickett or Trubisky plays, and it's like Trubisky and Will Levis are just coughing the ball up and teams are taking it the <laughs> other way for 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 points, which could easily happen. Uh all right, that's it for Tuesdays for, for Tuesdays with Brady for dues for Brady. I'm Britson. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Uh we'll have the picture tomorrow and of course Sunday night friends, Sunday night super friends recap. See you guys
6: later.